Coming live from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, USA is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Evans Putman, founder of Infinite Impact Coaching and Consulting. And he'll be also talking about podcast sales machines. Welcome to the show, Evans. Oh, thank you, AJ. This is amazing. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here and to serve your audience. Thank you so much. And and obviously, you'll be talking about you know how to turn your podcast into an ATM that can give you high-ticket clients and also high-profit payouts 24-7. And who isn't interested in an ATM like this? And for that, <laughs> podcast is the way to go. Uh, but first, Evans, uh, uh, just tell us what is your, your founder of Infinite Impact Coaching and Consulting all about? Yeah, infinite, infinite Impact Coaching and Consulting. I really believe that everybody has a message and a mission to um, get out there and create positive ripples and waves of impact in the world and change lives. So what I focus on is helping people do just that through my consulting and coaching, whether it's um, developing their offers, helping them with their podcasts, helping them build out a podcast sales machine, as we can talk about some here a little bit. But it's um, based on 20, 20 plus years of experience in the online space. So I was actually doing this back in the days when it was a little bit harder. We had to, we had to use the dial-up the dial up modems and we didn't have social media, didn't have YouTube, none of that stuff. And um, yeah, it's it's been a long learning journey of growing. I, I created two businesses and sold them, two online businesses and sold them. And then I was a partner in another business that became very successful and was also sold. So I bring all that experience to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs get out there and just change the world and make it a better place. Yes, but you learned this quite in your own manner because one of your businesses was days away from shutting down and that way all changed <laughs> when you found a unique recipe. Uh, tell us about that recipe and we'll certainly want to know how to how to make our podcast an ATM, turn into an mm. ATM. Absolutely. And it was funny because when I got into this, into that business, I had no idea anything about podcasting. I'd been a marketing strategist at this point. I'd um, created and sold multiple businesses online. And I was like any entrepreneur, somebody came to me with a problem and I raised my hand and was like, hey, I can solve that for you. And then I had to figure out how to solve it right after I agreed to solve it. And so um, we went on and took that podcast uh, and my partner at the time, it was a real estate podcast and it's still out there right now with new owners, but he was struggling to grow it. He knew that he wanted to monetize it. He wanted to create a business around it as well uh, to help other real estate agents with sales training and to change their lives and make their lives better. And so we just figured it out. We decided we were going to jump out of the plane and build the parachute on the way down and do a lot of falling down and getting up and falling down again and getting up. We eventually found a formula where we were able to grow the podcast to 150,000 monthly listeners. Um, we did it with all organic methods and then also we're able to get a 
uh, 78.6% opt-in rate from podcast listener to lead. And then we were able to bring them into our programs and sell our real estate sales training coaching to them um, through this system. So we turned our podcasts basically into the engine that was a, became a sales funnel for us. And it was uh, it was really powerful because, as, you know, I'm sure, as you know, with a podcast, you it's a great way to build warm, hot traffic who knows, likes and trusts you. And it shortens the sales cycle and it creates an opportunity to move people from a one way conversation speaking to the audience to quickly to a connection, a deepen the connection to a two way conversation, which you know, develops that relationship where you're able to sell into your high ticket programs. Right, Yves. You are absolutely right. Even I've been in journalism, into media for so long, but podcasting is a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. And it creates that sort of a profile that uh, you are able to tell more about yourself. People come to know more about what you are about, what your products are all about. And that's where the engagement can happen and obviously it brings a much more interest to what you do what you your skill sets are than any other uh, way that i have seen up till now but coming mm. to you evans you are you are the go-to expert and you help visionary successful entrepreneurs and business owners grow and monetize podcasts what sort of people come to you because uh, there are one on one side, there are the podcasters like me mm. who create podcasts for various reasons. People do it for monetizing, maybe through ad, ad method. I am not that sort because I look at much more towards, you know, consulting and media consulting mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, but a lot of people do look at monetizing through YouTube advertising and any other sort of advertising. And then there is the business people, small businesses, consultants, coaches, all those people. These are two aspects for them. Monetizing is much more related to creating clients, creating that mm. where clients can work. How does uh, it work for both of both of both these two segments? Where do you come in? How does it work for them? Please tell mm. us about this whole process. What sort of people can take your help? What sort of people come to you and how do you begin? How do you start that, what you call their journey with you? Yes, that's a great question. And it is a, it, there is a, you distinguish the line perfectly, right? The separation, because what I generally and who I generally work with, I like to call them entrepreneurs with big positive messages and missions. And generally they are consultants like yourself, business owners, Um, you know, course creators, experts, speakers. So people who are selling their own products and services. And generally, the majority of my clients now, especially when it comes consulting, they are established. They're already successful. Oftentimes, they have a podcast already, but they come to me with the big problem. And this is what I see quite often that like, hey, I was told to launch a podcast and get my message out there, but it's feeling like it's almost like a liability and not an asset to my business because I don't know how to track or get the ROI from it. So I come in and sort of just create that connection of, okay, well, 
let's grow. Let's focus on growing your podcast, right? To get out there proactively in front of the right audience, your audience, and do it in a way that's proactive, that creates evergreen growth, not just necessarily getting on the hamster wheel of posting on social media, but putting things out there that are assets 24-7 in front of your perfect ideal dream client and brings them to you. Then create some content that actually helps that person be who they need to be to do the thing they wish to do, creates that transformation in them. And the thing they wish to do is the thing you offer. So it's perfect. So in essence, I teach these uh, successful consultants and course creators and and business owners and experts how to not fish in the red ocean or blue ocean, but to create their own ocean. And through the specific content strategies, you're actually creating your dream client. So you don't have to attract people anymore. You don't have to chase them. You create them with your content, invite them to take the next step, which is deepen the relationship, get them on your list and build a relationship that's transformational, not transactional. And then you have the opportunity to sell them into your higher ticket programs and offers. So it's a much, it's much like sales funnels that you see out there. In fact, I call it a podcast sales funnel, but it can be a very, very powerful tool because you start looking at it as the engine that drives all your marketing and all your sales. And so many of my clients love this because they love the podcast part but they had not yet figured out how to connect it to their business to make it a lot, an asset instead of a liability. Right, right. But you see, it is so, everybody would want to understand what exactly it is because you see industry leaders, your trainings have been licensed and featured in ClickFunnels, founder Russell Brunson's high ticket coaching programs. You see where from where you began, from where you reached, and then you say your podcast can be an ATM. Who doesn't want an ATM in his pocket? <laughs> Especially, you know, you talk of entrepreneurs. I talk of businesses, small businesses, big businesses, brands, small brands, big brands, coachings, coach, coaches, and all that stuff. Everybody wants to make sales. Everybody wants to have clients. And mm. who doesn't want a dream client, a stream of dream <laughs> clients to have a dream life? You just sit back and serve them. How do you do that? What is it? I am super, you know, greatly interested <laughs> to know that. Even though I don't have uh, what you call a great dream of earning too much of, you know, to have an ATM assort, but certainly I do want to have a good life. Yeah, and and if you think about it, there. Well, the one thing that you you touched on, right, is creating your own dream clients with your content. And one thing I would share with so many and and just to to step back the thing that i know so well about this is that we built this system ourselves and we're successful with it right and then we've helped other people with it so i know how well it can work but what the biggest a couple of the biggest mistakes i see business owners experts consultants who have podcasts what they do is they their content is often informational too much information and information is everywhere out there. And what their people need is they need a transformation. They often need to know that they need to have the belief that your system, your process 
is the fastest and easiest way to get them their desired result and to see you as the expert that can help them do that and to believe that they can do that. And the believe part is one of the most vital. So if you can create content that creates transformations through stories, stories of your own, stories of your successful clients, stories of others who have paved the path ahead of you, right? And create that belief in your listener. At that point, the biggest thing you need to do is to not sell to them right then, but to invite them to deepen the relationship to the next step. So your podcast content creates the belief and the desire for the next thing. The next thing needs to be an irresistible opt-in offer is what I call it. It's an, instead of just trading somebody, this is big mistake number two, instead of just trading somebody a PDF checklist for their email and then never really reaching out to them, you want to move them to the next step where you can actually have some interaction, some conversation, right? Maybe it could be a free workshop, a free masterclass, something like that, where they get to come over, join you as the expert, the person that they've been listening to, who they now believe can help them come over there and get to know you a little bit more and to see how you can help them. And then you can actually invite them to take the next step with you, which is to join your program and to to get that result they desire to get. So it's a simple process, but most people make tiny mistakes throughout the process that can bring up big roadblocks and cause it to not to work. So it's it's knowing the things that it's often knowing the things that you shouldn't do versus the things you should do. Because we often we we hear so many things and we don't we don't usually think of this medium as being one where we can create and deepen a connection and a relationship with our listeners. But that's the true power of it, because as you mentioned earlier, they listen to you, they hear you in their ears so often, they start to feel that transformation and belief, they see how you can help them. They start to look at you as someone that they know, that they actually know as a friend, even though you've never met before. So would you, if you had a friend, would you just say, hey, here's, give me your email address and I'll throw this piece of paper at you. Or would you invite your friend to go out for coffee or a meal or to hang out for a little bit, right? So you would do the second one. And that's the whole point of it is to focus on serving and helping them in a way that it builds that bond and that trust in a way that there's not many other mediums out there that can do it because podcasting is an is a one source where you do not have to worry about their attention being distracted and taken somewhere else. You have their attention through the process. So it's very, very powerful tool and a very, very powerful sales tool when used in a serve first way. Right, right. But you call it a unique podcast sales funnel method. Where does mm-hmm. sale come into this? Because again, if we look at the two segments here, businesses can still wait and build a relationship to build that client pipeline, dream client pipeline. But podcasters, if you see, uh, there is already a po- something called pod fade. Hosts mm-hmm. suddenly lose interest mostly after 10 uh, podcasts or something, if they don't get in. Many want to get into monetization. 
a lot of guests my own experience is that they never get back to you they are more interested mm. in getting your audience and beyond that they just <laughs> vanish they make mm-hmm. that small talk good talk but they are not there so how does one know in this podcast sales funnel method where exactly one should talk and especially now i'm talking about uh, the podcast uh, people podcast hosts like me even you are a uh, a podcast producer podcaster yourself and also you are an author and speaker so even though you have a running business you may not have that much of a challenge but people who are solely dependent on podcast for their earnings as a podcaster you know how does that sale part come in how much they should wait what is the right time to actually talk about the money part mm, well for one you know, as we talked about, we're talking about two different segments here, right? We're talking about if you're just talking about a podcaster who has a show for the sake of podcasting, those are not my dream clients. Those are not the people that I work with. But what I can share with them is you you definitely, because I know this from a fact of growing such a large audience that we grew, that we were approached by sponsors, by advertisers, right? Where those are what those podcasters generally make their their revenue in often, right? Through sponsorships and ads. It is a, it is, as a podcaster doing that, not just a podcasting entrepreneur who is someone selling their own services, those podcasters really have to have a passion for their subject, for their audience, and for what they're doing because growing the podcast should be their main focus at that point and getting as big an audience as possible, an engaged audience, one that, you know, leaves reviews that does things when they ask them to do things like, Hey, shoot us an email, go do this, go, go check out our sponsor, whatever that looks like. So you have to deepen that relationship if you're that kind of podcaster and you have to have a lot of patience because you're going to take time to grow And until you have a big audience that's engaged, sponsors aren't going to give you a lot of money. So that's why I often tell people, sponsor yourself, right? Because I work with people who sponsor themselves. I work with the experts, the business owners, the consultants, the course creators. And what I will share with those people when it comes to the sales process is you also have to be patient, (laughs) Because our biggest failing, where we failed the the biggest way possible was when we first started trying, we had grown, we had a big audience. At this point, we had like 70,000 monthly listeners or something like that. And we got excited. We were trying to sell our programs, but we were trying to sell them through ads, our own ads, our own sponsorships in the shows. And we would get a trickle of sales here or there. And this is when we were like, okay, if we don't get revenue coming in, we're going to have to shut things down. And the crazy thing, AJ, is that the way we quickly went from in the next 12 months to about half a million dollars in sales was we quit selling, right? We quit selling. We focused on serving, transforming, getting them on our list, because the list is one of the most powerful things that you can have. Once we created that list, we added the next part to the back end of it, which was, hey, would you like to learn about our programs? Right? So that's outside of the podcast once they're now into your sales list, in your pipeline. And then 
that's where the sales start coming in. But here's the powerful thing. Then those people start referring other people back. If you're doing it right to your show, go listen to the show and go buy their thing. Right. So you build that audience of people that are actually giving you referrals through your podcast as well. So either way, it's a game of patience and you must, you, you shouldn't just launch a podcast thinking, Oh, this will be easy and I'll get it out there. My audience will appear as if magic from nowhere. You know, I tell people, I'm like, look, we grew to 150,000 monthly listeners on average through hard work, right? Through actually getting out there and proactively finding them and creating that evergreen content that delivered us listeners 24 seven. So it's a very, it's not a, it's not a hack. It's not one of these um, get rich quick things. It's not anything like that. But here's the thing. When you do it right, you now have that engine. You now have like, we called it, well, actually it was my client that called it a podcast ATM because he specifically said the beautiful thing about this is, is that I don't have to do anything anymore. I just come I do what I love, talk into the microphone, share share my knowledge, share my guest knowledge, and I have a whole system that delivers all, listeners, leads, and sales on autopilot 24-7. So it takes some time to build that. But once you have it in place, you have that engine that will just drive your, your business is the car, and the engine becomes, your podcast becomes your engine, and it just drives the car for you moving forward and you can stay focused on doing what you love, which is sharing your message and serving your audience and let your court, your leads, listeners and sales just grow for you from that podcast sales funnel. Right. But uh, tell us, uh, Evans, in terms of businesses who have their podcast and Mm -hmm. vis-a-vis a podcaster who is, who also is an entrepreneur, uh, or a coach or any anybody or a simple podcaster. Why is the sales cycle uh, smaller for businesses? They can have continuous dream clients. And why is it too big for podcasters? So, uh, you know, individual podcasters. Am I right? It is the, they keep on waiting for uh, for something to come to them. How does it work? Why does it work better for businesses? Is it because... They have a product or a service which is very much identifiable. And a podcaster, is he looks like to be a monk who has nothing to sell but only to give. How does it work? Yes, absolutely. If you're selling your own products and services, you can monetize much faster than your entrepreneur who's just doing it for entertainment, for their passion project. Or there's often entrepreneurs now who they see podcasting as a way to, hey, I could do this as maybe like a side hustle and get some sponsorships and get some advertising. So if you are a business owner, a coach, a consultant, a course creator, speaker, expert, anybody who is an entrepreneur that has your own product and service, it's a much faster way to make money than if you're a podcaster who's just doing a podcast to try to get sponsorships and ads. It's definitely quicker because as I reiterate, once again, you could maybe get ads and sponsorships with a small audience, but guess what else is going to be small? The, the amount that they give you to, to have that sponsorship. So it takes time to grow an audience, right? So, um, but as an, as an entrepreneur that has a service or a business owner as a product, 
it's a really, really great way because as we mentioned before, using the specific process that we have, not only are you having their attention 100% on you, you're not, they're not in the social media feed getting distracted everywhere. They're not being shown related videos on YouTube and going and clicking off after a couple of minutes. They're usually listening. And I, I believe the stats that I read previously were like 80% of podcast listeners will listen to the full episode. So you have a captive audience and then if you're very, um, if you, if you do it in a way with the content to create that transformation, create that connection and build the relationship and serve now that's, it's just a, it's a win-win game for everybody, right? I mean, it's, it's just a great way. I don't think there is another media out there right now that works the way that podcasting does so effectively for business owners and entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's why you see a lot of podcast agencies, even public Mm -hmm. relations firms who have got their podcast divisions. Uh, I can tell you because and you also know about it much better than I do. But obviously, a lot of people keep on approaching. And sometimes it just becomes difficult to actually deal with such things because you don't know whether it's uh, the always it's not you are going getting the best guest in town. And you don't know whether, and and moreover, the guests, you don't know whether they will even share your episode because it's coming through an agency. So you just, you are not as a podcaster, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this, uh, and especially agencies, sometimes you have to decline them because if, if, like you for events, if we are talking, we are like, we know that there is a, uh, uh, there is a benefit for both of us to share this particular Mm -hmm. episode. But a business will not always look at that. They will think they have done their biggest act of the day by just appearing. I've seen several of them not even bothering about the episode. So you get nothing. So from an agency, you get nothing. Even if I, if you ask me my personal view, you spend a lot of time for all these things. Whether you are doing it for fun, you are doing it for uh, getting money. Even for NGOs, you see, there are for-profit NGOs. <laughs> there are crowdfunding Companies who are getting money out of helping people gather funds for even for emergencies, operations, and everything. There also, if I list, if I hear 30% cut, more than that, they take for charges and all that stuff. I don't, don't understand why a podcast. Obviously, when you are doing some sort of an endorsement, you must give that disclaimer. But a mm. podcaster also has to earn his bread and butter, I guess. Somewhere, some businesses or agencies, I have seen people coming to your podcast, doing things, and then they go and give ads to somebody else. Now, this is why there is a reason called, a thing called pod fake. They are ready to pay <laughs> 200 to 600 to 700 dollars for one podcasting opportunity to an agency, but not even one single pie of advertisement revenue out of their marketing budget. To a podcaster whose podcasts have really helped them. Now, that is the disparity which I see at the moment that needs to be addressed. Otherwise, this this industry for in, who are actually putting so much of an effort into creating real content, they will also diminish. And hence, perhaps, is one of the reasons for this something called pod fade. Because side hustles will not always create great podcasts for everybody to use. That's what my personal experience is. 
I wanted to share with a person like you, and I'm sure there should be, there will be a way out. Uh, not always like their book, Black Bloomberg story, that some podcasters are charging as much as fifty thousand dollars from businesses to appear on their podcast. That's a that's a utopian world. I guess it is good for a story, <laughs> but it's not going to happen again and again. It's just a story and perhaps one off uh, sort of a thing. But coming to your sort of thing that you are doing, what is this uh, serve servepreneur blueprint? Is it is it about serve serve serve? And not wait for get get get. <laughs> well, yes, it's uh, well, it's it's that's actually something that I'm in the process of launching and bringing to um, bringing to reality here soon. But I, I I've gotten a reputation um, around with the circles that I run in of being someone who focuses on serving first. And I know the it, now I'm not saying that you should just serve 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 until your tank runs empty because then you can't serve anymore. Right. So, but <laughs> right. we should all, we should all lead from a point of service. And this is the same thing as you mentioned um, with these podcasters who, you know, if you are coming on somebody's show and if you're doing podcasts, you should always serve you should show up in a way that serves their audience at the highest level. And to me, that's part of the servepreneur blueprint. And I actually um, have four, sort of four pillars in that. And it is uh, be, do, give, and grow, right? You often hear be, do, give, or be, do, have. I like to say be, do, give, and then grow. Because I feel like the more we give, the more we grow, the more impact we create in the world, the more positive impact grows, and it's a benefit for everybody. So we should all lead with a place of service, no matter what you're doing, right? Think about the other person about creating win-wins. We actually like to create win-win-wins, yeah. right? A win for the other entrepreneur, a win for ourselves, and a win for their audience and their clients. Right, right. And so how does, suppose you are now, you have gotten hold of that ATM. And ATM is a very precious thing. It, it is like your, you can call it a jackpot or it's your temple because you are getting the things that you need in life out of that particular temple or as a prayer. What do you do with that? How do you keep it intact? And that is where my question comes in for the vision, either mm -hmm. in terms of a podcaster or in terms of a business. Because you see, when you start getting money, the first thing it does is it's blur you, it blurs your vision, not literally also, but <laughs> even in the other sense. You forget about business vision and you forget about serving. Well, and I think that's the thing is that it, you know, I heard this. I can't remember who shared this, but I heard this. It may have been, even been this morning or last night listening to a podcast of all things. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, money, money in itself, getting the more money is not really the problem. The money just magnifies the person and who they really are. So that's why for me, if you notice the servepreneur blueprint, the first thing is be, right? Finding your own place of being, being in that place of service, being a servant leader. And if you are in that place, then the more money you make, the more you're able to give, the more lives you're able to change. And so for me, it's all about focusing all the time. Even if I would say, like for podcasters who are just growing a podcast that don't have a business and for those podcasters who have a business, first and foremost, 
should be all about serving your audience. And if you focus on that, then everything will fall into place. Right, right. So how how do you manage to do that? What are the things that both sorts of uh, sort, uh, sort of people, podcasters as well as businesses, they can just keep on focusing on the audience because it's easy to say you are doing it. And that could get reflect, you know, by the way you were writing, the way you have been talking about serving, then you feel it that this person actually means it. A lot of time mm-hmm. we get to hear about these things from businesses, from so, uh, even other people who are from the podcasting side. Uh, those are followers you can also make out of that particular way. So you feel it. These are something, you know, your, your intuition, your internal thing will say. In your case, it has been like that. But a lot of people may not always share the same values. They may share these words, but not the same feelings. What would you tell them? And what would you tell others who who, who are just, do, who do not know, who are who some, perhaps because of the circumstances, they are fence eaters. They are more focusing on sales and, and you know, about their survival. <laughs> How does it work? Well, I, if you look back at our story and what we shared earlier too, right? If you look at the benefits of both, right? So let's say you're a person that maybe you don't, maybe you don't believe that I should be a serve first person, right? So maybe you go down the path of trying to just chase the sale, which is what we in essence were doing with one of our businesses before. Now, while we had good hearts and wanted to help, we didn't know any better. We thought if we just sold in the podcast, we would create sales because we had the audience. But what happened was we quickly realized that when we quit selling and focused on serving and focused on the relationship, that's what created the podcast ATM. That's what created the machine that delivered the leads and the sales on a daily basis. If you're not focused on serving your audience, serving your clients, serving your prospects, then you're not going to be successful, right? That's just all there is to it because they're going to know that. The more they realize that you're there to help them succeed, to help them achieve their aspirational future, to help them be successful, attain that goal they wish to attain, and you guide them, you're not the guru on the top of the mountain. You're the guide walking the path with them, maybe just a few steps ahead, right? Because you've been there so you can help reach back and help them up along that path to their goal, they'll realize that and they will keep buying from you again and again and again. And one thing we didn't touch on was the thing that really helped take us over the hump as far as sales and turn it into a machine was that 80% of our highest value buyers came from our list that we had built and focused on doing nothing but giving, 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 giving. And then they started buying at a high level and buying again and again and again. So if that's not enough proof for you, uh, right, as someone who's thinking, should I serve? Should I build a relationship? You know, you'll see it when you start doing it and you'll realize it as you walk that path that the right way to go is to serve and to build relationships because there's just no other way to do business that's sustainable. Right, right, Evans. So how do people connect with you, businesses, podcasters, those who want to have the ATM, those who want to serve, and those who want to have, you know, just everything. 
Yeah, well, thank you, AJ, for asking that. Um, you know, we as we shared before, you so graciously told me before we came on that you were going to be pushing this out to your LinkedIn, to your Facebook, to all the different places. So I would say, you know, right now, one of the best things you can do is because I love to connect with people, right? Like I shared, I like to build relationships. If you are watching this on LinkedIn, shoot me a direct message on LinkedIn and just let me know you saw it on this show. So I can relate to AJ too, that, Hey, people are listening and they're reaching out. That's awesome. Thank you. If you're watching on Facebook and you would reach out there, reach out on any of the locations that you're watching it on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, direct message me. Let me know you saw it. Let me know what your message and mission is, how you want to serve the world. And we'll just start a conversation and see if I can help you or if I can at least point you in the direction of somebody that can help you. Because I have a really, as you know, AJ, we have a great network and relationships and connections that you build through podcasting, which is another benefit we didn't really touch on. But that in itself is huge because I love to connect people to the right people if there's somebody in my network that can help them achieve their dream. If it's not me, I will, I will do that. So just reach out to me through direct message on one of those platforms and let's start a conversation. Right. Right. Now, you know, tell me one thing, you know, that, and that is going to be my last question. It's not a question. Actually, you, there was a time when your business was days away from shutting down. Then you achieved so much. Now you are helping so many people. You are also telling them about their vision. What is about you now? What vision do you have? Where do you want to reach? What do you want to become? And why mm. do you want to become what you want to become? That's my last oh. question, if you call it. But this is <laughs> That's just a great question. Point. Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. You know what? It Around the time that we were struggling, I actually had sort of that tap on the shoulder, right? That voice in the mind that came to me that, let me know that, hey, and I was at an event when this happened and I see these people and they're up on stage talking about how they have um, movements and they're changing the world and they're helping people change lives. And I started realizing at that point, that was what my mission was as well. And I didn't know how or where or any of the details as we, sh as we usually don't know. We aren't, we aren't given the full blueprint, right? We're just, we're given the, that sort of tap and saying, Hey, go figure out how to do this and do it. So um, that's really my mission is just to create help. If I serve other people and help them get their message and mission out, create those waves of positive impact in the world, and I can help them do that, then I'm helping make a better world for myself, but more importantly for my daughter who is, you know, much younger. And so she grows up in a world that has become even better. So for me, it's all about that. That's really what I'm here for, whether it's through podcasting, whether it's through uh, business coaching and consulting, whatever it is through the mastermind that I run, through the speaking that I do, I always lead with service and with helping others achieve their dreams. Because if we can do that and work in a collaborative environment, then it just makes everything better. So that's really my goal. It's just to get out there and create as much impact as I can by serving others and helping others achieve their dreams. 
With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live with Evans Putman. Thank you so much for joining us indeed. Thank you, AJ. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.